Well, I've hit it now. Ugh. All right, let's condense that. Did it help that I immediately began laughing? I know. <laughs> no, but you know what this makes? This makes the last three minutes, it's a valuable collector's item now because it anybody is, heard it, it, it can't be replicated. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's like a thing. It's like the spirit of Greg. Like he knew that we were talking about Vegas or something and like we summoned him to mess this up. Uh, <sighs> Uh, I right. would, that's okay. That's okay. Would you like to hear? You want to feel better about your life? We're just going to keep going. This is just it. I'm not going to restart the show. Go for so it. So it's uh, well, whatever. I was telling some story about Vegas. Can Doesn't we talk matter. about like fails in our lives? Right I was now? just going to no. I was just going to say if you want to feel so like so because I guess by definition, by definition, anybody who's just joining us won't know what happened because you didn't record the part where you they said won't. I didn't record. Oh, by the way, this is Fun Employment Radio. Sarah Dillon. Hey, I'm Rick Emerson. Rick Emerson. Uh, Here we are. Greg's, Greg's in Vegas. Uh, there we go. So, uh, so, so, we were, so I'd, I'd only been talking for like 90 seconds or something, and then Sarah's like, oh, my God, I forgot to hit record. So uh, like the first 90 seconds just went into the ether or something. Which is so embarrassing because Rick is not only like one of my best friends, also he is you know my mentor, and he's the one that taught me all about radio. And then I'm like, hey, you want to come in, on the podcast with me? And I don't even know how to hit, fucking record. You want to come in this, this alleged podcast? Do you want to waste your time so nobody can hear it? Oh, my God. My That's face okay. is like so red. Right now. No, don't. So here's here's the thing. I here's the <laughs> thing I actually did. So when Tell I was me. when I was working in radio, like this is a long time ago when things were not ju- they were not just on tape. They were on reel to reel tape. Mm. So you had I don't even know how to describe a reel to reel tape. If you're too young to know what I'm talking about, just look it up. It's Google it. Uh, it <laughs> but the so these these big reels of tape. And so we did this thing. And because anybody who's worked in commercial radio or commercial broadcasting knows that like the sponsor. The advertiser is king. Like mm-hmm. the like they they you know like that's who you have to please. It's you know you you want ratings and all that, but it's ultimately because you have to please the advertisers. And if the advertisers are pissed about something or if something, like you have to bend over backward to make them happy because oh, yeah. that's what keeps everybody on the air. Um, and and so, so we did this. Th- it's back when sort of when you could do things like this, and it just didn't seem. It even seems ridiculous now that I say it out loud. Even, but so we did this bit. Goddamn radio was run really badly for a long time. Oh, yeah. Uh, just under the idea that... I mean, just the stupid things that we did. Well, and just I can't, and you of, were in radio a lot longer than I was. And just things that they, we, we would do for money, having no like consideration to whether the audience would find it even remotely amusing. Anyway, so I, so I worked with this guy named... I worked with this guy named Crash. And oh, boy. Good guy. But it was, the deal was that there was this local car dealer, and the, the deal was that, like... Crash was going to go drive around. I know a guy named Crash, Crash driving, driving in a car. Yeah. But he was going to go drive around with this car dealer. Imagine tuning into a radio station and listening to this. The idea was that you would, he was going to drive around in a car with this car dealer for half an hour while the car dealer talked about, like, and it's got butter smooth suspension or whatever. Oh, that sounds And then record enticing. it. And then, the, and then they would, like, play it back on the air in, the, in, in, its, entirety? in its entirety like several times that week. <laughs> Because the car dealer was like paying for it, you know, never paying any attention to the fact that somebody tuning in to hear Foghat would just hear that and just flee to whatever. Like, no one is going to listen to that. I mean, it's just – anyway, but so – but the point is this guy had – this car dealer had paid a lot of money for to tape this 30 – so it was like – you know what it is? It was like comedians in cars getting coffee without mm. anything remotely amusing or interesting or funny or listenable. Or engaging. That sounds horrible. It was. It was like the worst thing. But but that's not the horrible part. I mean, it is. But you know. But then it gets more horrible. So so uh, so Crash and this guy are driving around in this car, and they have this thing called like a. Uh, it was like this thing called a Marty, which is just sort of like this super phone that like got, let you broadcast like signals, so he could 
So the signal will go back to the station. And gotcha. so I am like 19. I'm working at the radio station. My job is to sit in the production room. Is this when you were in the bunker? Uh, uh, yes, in okay. building. So I'm sitting there in the, uh, in the production room. And they call up, and they're like, okay, we're in the car. We're going to start recording, and, uh, and then just record it, and then we'll edit it for playback later. So I'm in the production room. I have these big reels of tape, and I'm like, okay, go. And I hit record, and they start doing their thing where they're driving around. And again, keep in mind that like the, the I am 19. It's like I've only worked there for six months. The car dealer's paying thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for this. Uh-huh. All I have to do, but this is like the definition of you had one job. <laughs> All I have to do is record this correctly. You can also tell that we are old because oh, Rick man, is doing did the thing with two fingers. the two fingers for the record. If you know uh, what that means, it is. Wow. You I didn't did even actual, realize it was doing that because you have yep. to hit record and play record at the same time. Record and play time. at the same time. <sighs> you Jesus. actually just did that. You know, in like this, 20 these years. These are the things that the kids won't know. There will be no one left on earth who knows what that nope. means. Side note, Tom Likas did this one thing on his, uh, on his show one time where he took a cart you know, uh-huh. like a, oh, a, yeah. a recording. Uh, of course, you know it's a, the, And he dropped it on the floor, and he's like, "Nothing else in the world makes that sound. <laughs> Nothing in the world sounds like a cart hitting the floor." And it, like, I totally knew that sound. So oh that's a, wow! Anyway, so I'm anyway, so I'm in this production room, and the only job I have is to record this 30 minute conversation and then like hand it to the sales, uh, the, the sales manager, the guy who runs all the sales in oh, the building, no. who is like this. This little jagoff Napoleon guy who was anyway whatever. God, so, how come so many of them are like that? It's just just like it just is the type. It just like flies to lard. It's it, just it really um, is. so anyway. So all I have to do is sit there, monitor the incoming levels, make sure it records properly, rewind the tape, this take sounds, it off the machine, so many <laughs> hand it to the guy, and then you know whatever done. So they drive around. They do the whole 30-minute conversation in the car. I'm back at the station. I'm listening to it. I'm monitoring it. I've got my headphones. I'm, like, checking the levels. I'm putting the, the channel on the control board in queue so I can hear it through the queue speaker and make sure, okay, it sounds good. It sounds good. Awesome. Done. They finish the conversation. I stop the tape. I rewind just a little bit. Play back. Their voices are there. They're, it got recorded properly. Rewind all the way to the beginning. Play the beginning. I'm like, it's all there. Done. Finished. Rewind it. <laughs> You're, this is stressing me out. And I know this is from a long time ago. I rewind it. I, I take it off the machine. I set it down on the counter in front of me. And then I'm like, okay, that's done. I'll hand that to, uh, you know, Bob, the sales manager, when he comes in and asks for it. In the meantime, I'll just, in the meantime, I'll just, I'll just do this other production. Okay, so this other production requires an, requires a, another set of reels so I can record this other this other show that's going to come off the satellite. Okay, great. So, okay, I'm going to record this other show. It's like a feed of, you know, whatever, like the Rush Limbaugh show or something. I'm like, I need this. Okay, I'll get this, grab this other reel, put it on. And, of course, reel-to-reel recording, you need two of those. You need a full one and an empty one. Mm-hmm. And so I put the new full blank reel on the machine to start recording. But I need a I need an empty reel to take up the uh, to take up the tape. I need an empty spool. No. And so of course, what do I do? I just look around for the first reel that I find, and I just take. And this is what we used to do. If you needed to free up a reel, you would find one that had old tape on it, and you would just take a razor blade and go <laughs> and cut all the way to the core, and just and all of the tape would fall off into the trash in little pieces. Mm-hmm. You basically just shred it. And so what do I do? I immediately just pick up. The reel on which I just recorded this crucial, uh, like advertising thing, like it's literally yeah, worth thousands literally, of dollars. I, and I, I, and I just put it down thirty seconds earlier. Oh, no. And I pick it up, 
and I take a razor blade and I go and I cut all the way through the tape and just dump it into the trash and put it on the machine and thread it up. Never having realized that I just literally picked up the thing I recorded and not only, I mean, it's worse than erasing it. I actually took it and just and cut it into little it. pieces. I just took the tape and cut it into little shreds. It was like it was like once I'd finished the first part of the job, that part of my brain switched off mm-hmm. and handed the job over to this other part of my brain that had no idea what I, you know, what was what I needed to do. This and is genuinely making me uncomfortable. Anyway, it does just so or, don't do feel still, bad. Can I saying. ask you? Do you still have radio <laughs> dreams? Yes, I do. I have them, and you're in them a lot. Like we'll be start, trying to start the show, and you're trying to get me to find a bump to calm, or we have like a um, like a sponsor, like that thing, and I'm trying to load. A lot of them are when I'm trying to load the carts into the computer system, but somebody's, like, redone the computer system, and you're, like, waiting for you. You're, like, Sarah, let's go. Hey, 10 let's seconds. It's- That's <laughs> it. And I'm sitting there, and I don't understand the computer system, and the board is all not, like, it's all Nothing's wonky. Nothing's in the right place. Nothing's in the right place. I know I'm behind. It's like you're trying to reach for a knob, and it's way Dude, over there, and you can't reach it. I still have those, like, once a month, and I will wake up, and I, like, in a sweat. It's re- And it's been so long, but I still I have these dreams where it. the phone is ringing. And I press the buttons, but they won't pick up. Really? So it's like, yeah. So it's like I have these dreams where it's like, so uh, uh, where all ten phone lines or whatever we had are ringing, mm-hmm. and I'm getting ready to do my, uh, you know, to, you know, I, I've, I'm getting ready to take calls about whatever the thing is, and I hit the buttons, and it's like the phone just won't answer. I just keep pressing the buttons, and the calls are there, Uh-oh. ready to be taken, but I press the buttons, and they just, they just won't answer. They just keep ringing. No idea. That's mine always seems, the dream I have. I think mine seems scarier than yours. Yours is scarier because it it's is. like, it's and then like, you get because you're mad at me in it, and then I'm like, I just don't want to let happen. you down. I know, never, <laughs> no, but I don't want to let you down. And we're and usually like the building will shift. Sometimes it's kind of a makeshift of like all the different stations that we worked in, mm-hmm. but like different faces that kind of look familiar, like people that we never really knew, but like we worked in the building with, whose faces you kind of remember. Here's another one. Okay, here's here's if you want. I, I get. I have lots of these stories. If you want to feel better about you know, because everybody has these stories. Better about of, my the colossal mess up. At the see, beginning. but it's and the thing is, you think it's a colossal <laughs> mess up, and it's like it is. Uh, it's like uh, it's like a Portland author Courtney Hamister says, uh, oh. "Bad experience, great future anecdote." <laughs> um, so I used to, so I used to work with this guy years and years ago. This is back in the day, again in the days of radio stations not having automation. So when a song ended, you had to press play on mm-hmm. the next song, and there'd be dead air. So when "Cuts Like a Knife" by Brian Adams ends. You got to be there to press play on, uh, you know, like Show Me the Way by Peter Frampton because otherwise it's just, you know, it's just going to be nothing. And so he was also working the overnight shift. And so he was working like midnight to six or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there was a convenience store down the street from the radio station. And his whole thing was back in the days of, cla- you know, classic rock really being the dominant format. There were a couple songs that like if you need to take a bathroom break, go get high, do whatever, these long songs you would put on. And his go-to song was Do You Feel Like We Do by Peter Frampton because it's like 16 minutes long. Oh, it's this wow. live recording that goes on. It literally is like 16 or 20 minutes long or something. And every DJ from that era who worked rock radio knows that there's a few songs you could put on if you had to duck out of the building for like 15 minutes. Yeah. And so his whole thing is I'll put on Do You Feel Like We Do, get in the car, go to the convenience store, come back, everything's fine. It should also be noted that our boss at this time was a coked-out maniac who would just, I mean, who would just melt down and just go volcanic at the drop of, I mean, didn't even need a reason, would just go completely berserk because he was always just railed out of his head. So, so Dwayne, who's the DJ, he puts on, you know, do you feel like we do? Hits play, starts the song, you know, Rock 105 or whatever. And then he gets in his car, 
goes down to the convenience store, getting and this is like at midnight or whatever, getting himself the burrito or whatever it is he's getting. He's talking to the guy, you know, he's looking at his watch. Okay, 12 minutes. I got three minutes to get back to the station. No problem. Goes out, gets in his car, turns on the car. The radio comes on. And what does he hear? He hears, he hears oh, no. that what he didn't realize is that 15 seconds into the song, it just started to skip. And so it was just like that, do you, do you, do you, and it's like been going for 13 minutes. Oh, God. And it was that thing of he just like, oh, my God, and he floors it, drives back to the radio station, runs inside, and as he gets into the studio, he sees two things. One, that the song is continuing to skip. Two, that the studio hotline is ringing. And Which this, is always and the studio hotline a terrifying is, and, flashing light. And that's the secret number that only that the station was management white, has. Right? Wasn't were the other ones like yellow or orange? Uh well at this particular station at this particular station, it was not only a red light on bright the red. phone, but there was a bright red light mounted in the wall above the control board, so you couldn't pretend you weren't seeing it. So if the boss called you, like you had, you couldn't pretend that you didn't see the call because this giant red floodlight went on in the studio to let you know. And it was like, I guess it was like in case there was literally like an emergency, like a flood or something, yeah, and they yeah. had to tell you like to announce it. And so he walks in, and this red light mounted over the control board is just going, oh, just blinking, no. and he realizes. Like, I've been looping the same 10 seconds of this song for, like, 13 minutes. And also now my coked-out maniac boss is waiting on the other end to just... I don't even know how that story ended because Probably I think... Probably not well. As he oh, was relaying no. the story, I think I just said, like, I don't want to hear the rest of this because it's going to freak me out for the rest of the day. So. I am... Uh, this is already kind of stressing me out. All right. Well, we were talking about fails. I, I think you saw my wallet earlier. I was telling Rick because I was like, I, I just feel like a spaz. I feel like a lot of things... Like I, for, that's funny because we were talking about forgetfulness and like how we both kind of feel like I'm like, does this happen to you ever? And we were kind of comparing notes. I kind of feel like less of an adult because my wallet had actually fallen out of my bag a couple months ago, and now I have to actually like have a baby chain <laughs> attached to my wallet. What is a baby chain? It's like a baby leash, basically. It's like it makes me feel like less of a grown up. Like sometimes I feel like I'm totally pretending to be a grown up, and this is one of those. No, things. but I think that's. But you see, but that's kind of you've got the the wallet chain but thing. But it's not. I'm almost forty. Like I should be able to have a wallet <laughs> and not in a rockabilly and band. Not, and not. I know. <laughs> and not lose it and not pretend like it's 1998. Still. No, you can kind of. You can kind of make that work, though. That's the see. I think we kind of. But is, I mean, but I know it's not for fashion purposes. I know it's because like, see, hi, you, I'm almost forty, and I can't like. I think you know that possession. though. The yeah. thing is, you know it's not for fashion purposes. I think Ooh. we've discussed this before. You are exempt from a lot of fashion laws because you can sort of make things work that other people of any age could not make work. Well, so see, that's, that's what I'm afraid of. It's like I feel like I'm getting closer to one of those ages where I'm not going to be able. You're to not going to be able to know work anymore. Or well, it's not even that you're not going to be able to make things work. It's that you won't know you're not making them work. Oh, that's. It's the. It's the so I was uh, I was talking to that somebody. That is my fear. Yes, that's the thing. It's like because you don't want to be. It's like if you get something wrong, or if you, it's what Donald Rumsfeld would call the unknown unknown, because there's things you know you don't know, yes. and that's fine because you can at least sort of make a joke about it, right? Like if you know you're getting something wrong, mm-hmm. um, or if you, you know, if you're aware that you are speaking about, you're talking out of your ass about about some element of youth culture, and you, you know, you're fully aware that like I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about right yeah. now, but you know. Your kids are all into this Billie Eilish person, so good for you. Whatever. It's, Rick, look at you. You're so timely. But see, but th- but see, that's, or are you? I don't know. But that's the thing. <laughs> is like I know kind of who Billie Eilish is, and I sort of know one of her songs and whatever. So I can, 
you know, I know just enough to know not to front that I know anymore, right? Yes. Like that's the thing. You know she exists. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I kind of, I know enough, I know just enough about her to be able to like go, yeah, I know who that is. But I also know enough that, I also know that I can't bluff. Mm. That's the thing. And so, but there'll be, there will come a point when you don't know that you don't know and that you don't know that you're getting something wrong. And that's where you become the guy. So I literally, this sounds like a joke. This sounds like I'm sort of, this sounds like I'm riffing and just doing a Grandpa Simpson thing. But I literally, the other day, <laughs> there was a guy who was, it, this, the story behind this is long and complicated. But I was listening to this youth, this youth minister give a sermon. Don't ask why. It doesn't matter. I know it doesn't. Okay. It's this, whatever reason you come up with is going to be wrong. Because it doesn't matter. Okay. I was listening to this youth minister <laughs> give a sermon. And the guy's like 85 years old. And I'm sure he means well. But he literally at one point says, and so when it's like in Heather's when the guy says, the answer does not lie in the MTV video games. (laughs) It's this youth minister literally referred to kids using Napchat. Napchat. Oh, that's so adorable. And there was no hint of irony. It wasn't like he was, in other words, he was not taking the piss out of himself. He was not, that was, that was not an, that was not a known unknown. That guy had no fucking idea that he was saying it wrong. (laughs) He literally thought that kids use some app called Napchat. Oh, that's so adorable. I don't, that's the danger is when you get into the zone where you are flailing around trying to make references and everybody, and it's just, and you're, and it's just, you're like a, it's like you're trying to, like a cow using a dictionary. You like just have you no know, idea what like the fuck you're Like an old person say like woke. Yeah, like, right. hey, I'm, oh, it's so embarrassing. It's... And then also there are things that I know that exist, but I know that I probably shouldn't be saying. Right. Like, right. Um, for example, like I like to say Instagram, but then a lot of the kids, they'll be like, oh yeah, what's your Insta? Insta, right. Yeah. And I don't feel like I can say that. But see, you're aware, you yes. know your limitations. I... And to become an old person. It is that thing about when, you know, there's that old that little thing they say about, like, when you become old, you sort of become a child again. Yeah. Because children have no idea what the fuck they're supposed to say. That's why children just say, you know. These blurt things. Exactly. That's, you know, <laughs> that's, you know mommy, what's a dildo? You know, and you're just like that. You're like not appropriate for dinner parties. I'll tell you later or whatever. Or it's just, you know, when when the kid comes out of the bathroom holding an enema bag and just, what's this? And you're just like, okay, we'll talk <laughs> we'll about talk, we'll this later. later. And that's when you become an old person. You start, there will come a day. But do you think you just wake up one day and you all of a sudden just realize you're out or you don't realize you're out No, that's the thing is touch? you don't know. So, it's, so it could be happening to us right now. It could be happening to us right now. It could be, because uh, it's like having dementia where you yourself are the last to know and you probably never oh, find out. No. And everyone around you, you know, is sort of... The great thing, though, is that you yourself will be oblivious to it, right? It's like if, if you ever... Not to make light of this, but what is one, what one going to do? It's like when someone has Alzheimer's or dementia, oh, and yeah. the family will say, you know, like, well, at least he doesn't know what's happening to him. That's a small mercy, isn't it? Because, you know, that guy's just busy, like, whatever. He's, Life you know, is great. Yeah, he's just, do it again. He's just, <laughs> he's just busy, you know, I don't know, it's just like... I don't know, just like singing to himself and whacking off and has no idea that he shouldn't be doing those things. And the family is just like, it's so awkward. At least he doesn't know what's happening right now. At least he's having a great time. Yeah, he's oblivious. We're the ones who suffer. That's so whatever, whenever you pass the threshold where you just start wheeling out whatever your own version of Snapchat is, you, unless somebody pulls you aside, I think the key is that there needs to be you need to have a failsafe. You need to recruit some friend. It's like how people have those do not resuscitate orders. For sure, yeah. Like my mom has one of those on her fridge that it's like it's like if the paramedics come 
And it's like a list of like, you know, I'm allergic to penicillin and whatever. And she also has like a don't put me in a fucking ventilator. Yeah, don't make me a ventilator. Yeah, like yeah. it's like if I like, you know, if it's time for me to just get in the box, you just do it. It's like I don't <laughs> need to. Let me go. Yeah. Like it's. <laughs> but, so there needs to be some sort of a like you need to. Everybody needs to have a friend who's like 15 or 20 years younger who promises to always just tell you the truth and to pull you aside if you start being that person. Because, so, like, at some point I switched to, I have this sort of low-rent Steve Jobs wardrobe where I just wear jeans mm. and basically a black shirt. And it totally works. Because I feel like it's hard to screw it up. Yeah. I feel like it's hard to leave well, the house. You and I are basically wearing match. I didn't even think, Rick and I are both, like, head to toe in black right now. I'm wearing my it's, platform Doc Martens because I'm on brand. Yeah, but That's it's, what we do. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> but, but that's, but the thing is, it's hard for that to, that's never really going to, you can't go wrong with that look. But I'm afraid, what if one day you do go wrong with it? I, I, I don't I mean, think so. I, I mean, don't think you can because it, I remember being like 25 years old and seeing a guy who was – he seemed old. He was probably like in his early 60s or whatever. But he was just dressed in black. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking at the time like, OK, that guy knows what he's doing because it's like he's age-proofed himself. Like it's yeah. – you know, he's not going to be – he's not going to be style. He's not going to be trendy, but he doesn't need to be trendy. And at a certain point – and at a certain point if you're trying to look trendy, it's suspicious and it looks weird. It looks super weird because I remember, I've actually tried things on where I'm like, no, I'm way too old for that. Like I, I need right. to just put that back. And it's like it, – yeah, at a certain point it becomes – like it raises questions mm-hmm. if you're trying to, you know, it's like it's like married guys, you know, or guys with, you know, guys who are sort of off the market but take a lot of trouble. Like they're just sort of trying to sculpt themselves into like perfect, and it's like a weird sort of. There's one thing like keeping yourself looking okay. Yeah, but when it seems like they're trying to get some outward attention. Yeah, it's like you're still trying to market yourself. That's a weird. There's a weirdness there. So yeah. it's. So I think there needs to be somebody who is empowered in your life. It's like you give them sort of power of attorney over your fashion, where they're allowed to step in and go like. Look, um, I, just for what it's worth, I know uh, wearing this Molly Hatchet T-shirt is is probably maybe just don't do that now, or you know, or if I'm just you know whatever. It's like at some point, like I, if I leave the house, like in a like you know in something that like in my Motorhead shirt and a bunch of jewelry, like yeah. somebody's got to be able to pull me aside and say like not working anymore, <laughs> need to stop now. This sounds like one of your great ideas that you could actually recruit a bunch of young whippersnappers. There should be – I mean yeah. there should be uh, a service I, – I mean the number of things – if I just had a billion dollars and an idea mill where I could just sit and tell people – this. Rick's looking at his watch. He's like, I have so many ideas. I'm just like how – like it's like uh, do I have – where you just need to say like this needs to exist. You, go do it, right? Because oh, yeah. I – sort of like a – because there needs to be like a granimals for adults. Also, like, I want to tell you really quick like as a side note, this is all in Rick's head. He has an entire list of things that he want, that we're going to talk about. And he has not even talked. I haven't it even yet. looked at that yet Hasn't because even I just at there's it. just too much in my this head is to too even. Much. <laughs> I mean, it's just so you gave so you poured me this uh, you poured me coffee in this Star Trek cup, uh, the Star Trek coffee mug here. Now, am I am I correct in assuming because the coffee's not quite hot enough to do this? Am mm. I correct in assuming that if the coffee is it a is it a problem because it's the it's so it's Uhura, Spock, uh, 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 Kirk, and McCoy, and they're standing in the transporter deck. Mm-hmm. Am I correct in assuming that if the coffee is hot enough, they vanish? You are correct. Is it, it's a magic coffee cup? It okay. is magic. Here's a brilliant idea. This just came <laughs> to me. You know what needs to exist? Yes, <laughs> what? I would buy this. Actually, I might not buy this. You would buy this. I would buy this. And, and people out there, I wish this existed, by which I mean I wish that I was selling this now because I know that people would purchase this. I won't even be angry if somebody else does this now because clearly this is an idea that I'm not following up on. At a certain point, ideas, Sarah, are like baby birds. Mm-hmm. Got to set them free. Or they're like, they're like, um, I think baby birds need some attention. No, yeah, you can't set yeah, them free. I don't they're think like, you can set them free. 
They're like felons. You set them free <laughs> and you say, go. Um, they're, like, they're like Jonah Hill's Perfect. child in Wolf of Wall Street. You're free. Just go. You're free. Oh, I um, like that movie. The, here's, this is a thing that needs to exist. And if someone wants to go do this, it'd be nice if you let Rick Emerson wet his beak and cut me in for like 5%. But credit, I will accept credit in lieu of royalties, maybe, depending on how much you make. Here's what would sell, especially in this town. Somebody, I can't even believe how brilliant this idea is. You, when I say this, you'll be like, oh my God, why doesn't it exist? I'd buy that for like five people I know. There should be a presence of mine on Hawthorne right now. I am ready. Oh God. <laughs> Coffee cup of Rachel Dolezal. As you fill it, she turns from black to white. <gasps> Boom! Feel it. Okay, there you go. Rick. That is your jillion dollar idea for today. Just that came seems up with like that, that right has now. to like, exist at Spencer's right, or something. It, like, it almost seems like it should exist now. Like, somebody, like I'd be amazed if someone hasn't done I that. I totally forgot about her. If someone hasn't seen, but it's time to see, so it's time for her to come back. <laughs> That's Because she's probably going to try. Yeah, exactly. The turnaround on things like coming back and being like nostalgic. Two, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like later today. It's like, <laughs> oh, I remember that thing that happened this morning. So I'm telling you right now, Rachel Dolezal coffee mug. Boom. That's if like if you if you saw that on sale, you'd be like, I know who I know who would appreciate this mug. And you would I, like somebody wants to do that now. Our African-American friend Keelan King in the chat says, no, as you pour in more black coffee, she gets darker. OK, there you go. See, that's what I'm seeing. This is what I'm saying. We're already we're already making variants of the product. We're already coming up with different variations we can sell. And this is just something that Rick just came up off, came up with, like off the top of it's his just head. one of those things. It's just it's just it's the just Star in, Trek mug. It's just in my head. You. So so, well, the, so when when you see somebody doing that, by the way, you'd be like, hey. I know who had that idea first. Yeah, I know that you heard Rick come up with that idea. Well, I know. So Rick has, because um, unfortunately, so fortunately, but unfortunately, I'm showing houses today, which is awesome. I just kind of got a last minute person. But unfortunately, because you, you, Rick and I usually talk for like hours and hours, but I have to be somewhere. So I want to. When you to, show houses, can I ask you this? Yes. And here's the thing. I don't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. I wasn't. I, I want you to talk. The, uh, um. And so, if you, I mean, I don't want you to be like you're giving away secrets here or something. But like, when so when you start showing houses, do they. Like, do they teach you all the code words? Oh, like how to or, describe or do them? You, yeah, or do you just pick it up by, like, experience? Like, when you say, like, you know, uh, 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 when you say like, something what a, like... what a nifty, like, charming. breakfast nook. And charming means small. Yeah, there's a charming is small, fixer-upper means piece of shit. Um, That's <laughs> <laughs> so, like when they say I... Handyman I, special. I was talking about this yesterday. I was showing this house that was for sale for $240,000. It is a meth house, and it was, and it had multiple offers in. But it is just—they were describing it as, oh, a fixer-upper if you just put in some elbow grease. Like there were literal on the wall, it said like, "Warning to all ye who enter here." <laughs> there were the basement was full of black mold, and like it was definitely a meth lab. Like, and it's just like a little elbow grease will do the trick. I'm like, I respect that. I almost re- I respected the guy. I'm like I like it. They're doubling down on the to fix her upper with elbow grease Plus, required. It was like the shittiest. It, it was like falling apart. Like I talked about it. There was a literal mouse hole in the kitchen. Like awesome. you know, like something like out a of cartoon, a, like, like from a Looney a cartoon. Tunes mouse hole. I'd never seen one. And um, yeah, and this guy just completely is just like, oh, by the way, so the house a little elbow grease, and then in the backyard it's just full of needles. <laughs> you can see the needles in the picture, and there is this broken down, tilted. Like rusty chicken coop, and one of the descriptions in the thing is like, plus a new chicken coop for your urban <laughs> friends. I'm like, 
like guys who steer into the skid that I, way. I, I, I respected him. I'm like, man, you were just going for it. When my house was for sale, they brought the inspectors through. And my house was built in like 1920 or whatever. And it was like one of those... It's like this, like Winchester Mystery House thing, where they would just Ooh. add shit onto it, and they would just, and you know, it was like they would. It was sort of like a chair that's been painted a jillion times, and the colors would sort of bleed through. And, oh and, yeah. And they would, and whoever owned it, like at any given point, would just do enough to keep it functional mm-hmm. without ever doing the full whatever, because they, you know, until you sell it, you don't need to do, you know, like. You, but when you sell it, that's when that bill comes due, because that's when the inspector comes through with his notebook and he's like, "Oh yeah, all right, I have uh, uh, 493 things that need to be addressed here." And it's the inspector at one point is like he's walking through and he's looking at the, um, it's at the 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 the, um, the wiring and he's looking at the power box in the basement and whatever the utility box, and he comes up to my living room and he's looking at one of the outlets. And he kind of pulls the couch back, and he's looking, and he looks over at me, and he goes, huh. have you ever had a a fire in this wall? Oh, my God. And, and I said, no. And he went, huh. And then he just sort of – and then he just walked off scribbling notes to himself. What? <laughs> and then he just left without giving me any instructions, <laughs> like maybe don't use this outlet, or could you stay in a motel for the next few months? That would be helpful. Do you own anything made of asbestos? He didn't – he just said – Huh. huh. Scribble, and then scribble, he scribble. walked away. <laughs> oh he can't God. say fire and then huh and give me no additional information. <laughs> Surprising. Because <laughs> that's a mad lib that I'll just – yeah, he's just – that's interesting. And then he just sort of left. Um, anyway, I have no idea yeah. what we were even talking it is, about. No, no, it is weird though. It is weird showing people houses. I mean I've seen the weirdest stuff. So today I'm going – I'm showing this particular person like four or five different places. Um, varying scales of – Shitty to like <laughs> to not shitty, <laughs> so I'm kind of excited. Do we'll you see. start with a shitty house so all the others look? It depends. So it it all depends on like price range and location and condition of the house. So those are like the three basically like price, location, condition, and it's hard to find all three of those. So a lot of times, you know, someone wants a really nice house. And uh, they want it in a specific location, but uh, the price is too expensive. Do people have um, like completely outmoded ideas of what a price is? Like, Are do they you have kidding? that? That's all that it is. Because like, like one of the things of becoming an old person, such as I am, is that I find myself saying things. You know, it's, we're like, you know, how much were those shoes? And you know, it's a, well, they were cracking ninety eight dollars. Ninety eight dollars. And then I find myself slipping into dad joke mode of, you know, what are they? You know, do, do they cure cancer or just, you know, whatever? Just like I just, I have no, you know, because I have no concept of how much anything is supposed to cost anymore. Yeah. So do people have this idea? They of very a house much do. Cost? I think it's. Um, you know, because everybody wants what they want, and they want it in the area that they want, at the price that they want, with all the things that they want. And it just kind of, depending on, you know, financial situations and stuff, it is a little more difficult. Say if you have, like, two, You are such an adult, and you're said so, by the I'm way— I'm so gross. I, I mean, whether or not you—whether you do this for the, as a living for the rest of your life or not, it is interesting how you slip into that because you're already doing the, the softening of the— well, everyone is at different situations in their life, depending on their, you know, on their financial good? status at the time. Super and up. context really determines a lot of options. Well, it's basically like $100,000 isn't going to get you like Anything. a house on Hawthorne, <laughs> and, you know, with like five bedrooms and four baths. Right. Like, it's just, I think managing expectations exactly. is the most difficult thing because people, you know, again, like they want what they want. And so when they, when you tell them they can't have that right. for what they want, but like they could have it if it's further out which means they can afford it and it's all the stuff that they want but it's not in the area that they want, then these are not discussions that anybody likes to have. How do you feel about battleground? I know. And then when there's limitations on where they do or do not want to live, it's just – it's a lot of counseling and going back and forth. It's 
it's definitely more um, emotionally involved than I thought it would be. I just I uh, I admire you and I admire anybody who can do that kind of job because it's, I just I have I have so little ability to I have so little ability to just just to look at someone and smile and just and sort of you know and and to just you know not say exactly what I'm thinking that's my thing it's like yeah. it's, I can with great effort filter my words and make them socially or you know soften them and socially so acceptable yeah or just you know convey information in a way that's not overly blunt yeah and perhaps off-putting but it's just but I can't do it for very long which I think explains a lot about my life and my you know you my talk? sort of career arc I feel like you've done a very good job like I think we both kind of pretend to be grown-ups and I think we do a good job at it sometimes maybe I just yeah. uh anyway well, I yeah just I don't know I'm so I'm excited to see what the what today because I have no idea. It's kind of interesting going into dip because you get to go into people's houses, you know, and you get to check them out. I mean, I showed you the. Do you one- have to tell someone? Okay, I'm sorry. Just yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I'm always fascinated by people who have jobs other than mine. <laughs> I think I think I probably sometimes come off like either I'm autistic or a cop because <laughs> maybe a little bit of both. I'm talking to somebody who has a job, and I'll suddenly start asking them a lot of really detailed questions about it, and it's like and some and. You know, and they always kind of arch an eyebrow, you know, like, why is this guy so curious what time I leave yeah. work every night? <laughs> um, but I'm fascinated by people's jobs. Um, uh, the, what was I just saying? Fascinated by people's jobs. You had what another, were you saying uh, I said this? something about, I'm excited to see the different, like going into people's houses. Yeah. So yeah. what do you have to disclose about the history of a house? Um, if it's been a drug lab. If it is like if um, so, you don't have to all disclose. drugs or just like meth. Um, methamphetamine. If somebody, if if there has been, if there have been drugs manufactured on the premises that are illegal, huh. then they can't. But if somebody's been murdered, really, you don't have to disclose. You don't it. have to suicide. Suicide. Don't have to disclose it. Do you have to disclose if there's a history uh, of hauntings? No. See, the only thing is the drug thing. That's yeah. weird. I mean, doesn't doesn't I, that work? Because I was I was really shocked about the murder one. Okay, so here's yeah. here's another great idea I have. <laughs> so I've had this idea, and the thing is, this is doable. I mean, I'm not going to do it because fuck that. But there's this is doable because all the information already exists. Mm-hmm. The number of times every year that I say to myself, "If only I could code," because I think if I could code. I'd be a jillionaire by now. I think that if you put your mind to it, you could probably learn to code in like a few weeks. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I know in my neighborhood, they have like preschooler signs on there like learn to code. They have uh, code camp. That's that's Was kids. it with two Ks? Yeah, I know. I, I think so. Actually. Um, I guess kids code camp with Ks is pretty yes. bad. Hey. Um, but the all the information for this already exists. Uh, there should be an app. Uh, for because there's this. I saw this website where you could uh, um, uh, you could. Like scan an album artwork, uh, like a, like a photo of an album uh, cover, and it would show you where it was taken or whatever. Ooh. So like you like the cover of Paul's boutique, and it would show you like the block in in you know New York where that was shot or whatever. And I was That's thinking awesome. about other things like that, but and you know and everybody does the augmented reality stuff now, where like you can look around the city and oh there's a Pokemon or whatever mm-hmm. the hell. Yeah, yeah. Here's an app called it, I don't. I'll give you the name at the end. It's an app where you can type in any address, including your own, and it tells you. If there's been a suicide or homicide at that address, and then the app is called Who Died in There? Boom. Oh, my God. Right? Because that's fascinating. If people, it is I mean, fascinating. And I feel like all the information to make that app exist already exists. Somebody just needs to collate that all into a thing and then put a, you know. I would be curious about it. Or even, like, ones, like, collecting the ones that have um, had reported hauntings. Right, because that's, it's weird. Because that could increase the value, maybe. It's oh, that, See, that's my thing. Is yeah. It's strange. And I, I got to imagine... 
I hate my brain. This is just this is why I can't sleep at night because I just sit there and I just think about stupid bullshit like just spinning away for hours in my head because there's there has to have been especially in this fucking country where you can just sue anybody for anything just because you're bored there have to have been lawsuits about people moving into houses that they then later claimed were haunted and that like that they were it was not disclosed to them Mm -hmm. right like that has to have happened I mean no one told me there was a specter in this house like that I got to imagine there have been lawsuits about that I would imagine. I mean, if it doesn't legally have to be disclosed, I mean, maybe like a um, like a small claims lawsuit. Maybe. Like, but then again, you can't prove it. I feel like in another like a, in another life, I wish that I could live longer somehow, just so I could have. Uh, you know, I feel like there's other careers I would be well. You would have been for. a good lawyer. No, I don't think that's true. <laughs> here's so you're very convincing. Can I tell you? Can I? Here's let me let me tell you this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm immediately just coming into taking over the show. I'm not even the. That's co-host. what I wanted just, you to do. I'm like, I'm, I'm like a fill-in co-host. No, so it's, thank you. It, the uh, is this? Can I ask you a question? Is this secretly just like you're just like? I'm tired and I didn't do any prep. Is Rick available? Because I think we used I to do that so, with certain guests. <laughs> I am so happy that you're here because honestly, yes, I do get a little exhausted talking. And I love hearing what you have to say. All right, well, I listen to you nice for you to four say. hours every day for ten years. Like You've learned to I like enjoy, it. I enjoy listening to you talk. Plus, people listen to us talk all the time. With the it's box. like pickled beets. It's sort of after a while, you know, you grow used to the taste. <laughs> no, I want um, to hear all your thoughts. Uh, point. Oh, uh, hold on. Jesus. Making another note. We want to Making sub notes. Uh, I haven't gotten to the single one of the notes. There's like I 14, 15, nope, like 16 different right. lines of Maybe notes. Maybe I'll take some medication while we're talking. There you How go. About that? That'll help. Did you want some more coffee? No, I'm. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm awesome. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was just thinking, like, should I have given Rick the coffee? Are we on camera right now? Is somebody watching <laughs> no, me literally dump pills into my hand while I'm drinking coffee? I'm fine. <laughs> Everything's great. <laughs> We're living our best lives. Oh my <laughs> Where are places for people like us? I'm trying, man. Oh my god! I'm trying to be a grown-up. I don't know what to do. You know, I. Uh, well, never mind. Anyway, I. Uh, hold on a second. Why does your microphone sound like all of a sudden it's like vibrating? Because uh, I was because I bumped it with my hand. Oh, okay. Because uh, my guffaws uh, <laughs> caused me to. Um, no, because I so. Um, Sounds weird to say that I hang out with my lawyer a lot. That's a, that sounds strange. It sounds like I'm that sounds like I'm on like I'm being indicted for something, which is not true to the best of my knowledge. But well, it is kind of nice to be next to somebody who could help you if you got into trouble. It's true. No, it's yeah. like I. Uh, uh, but it's my lawyer. Um, his he practices his. He used to have an office, but he works at home now because he's got um, he's got kids and he's got a small kid. So he works at home and he's you know so he like keeps an eye on keeps an eye on his kids while he's doing his thing and whatever. So yeah. But as a result, as you know, anybody who's a parent who is also taking care of kids during the day, there comes this point where they're just desperate for adult conversation. Like, just to talk about anything that's not Thomas the Tank Engine. Anything. And so he and I will have, every now and again, I'll, t- I'll get a text from him. He's like, hey, so we haven't had lunch in a while. And I know that that's code for like, hey, I really desperately need to have something <laughs> Some that's not apple juice and graham crackers. <laughs> so, you know, and while not watching like, uh, you know, Lego Ninjago or whatever, you know, like, again, so if we can just go to see that's an old person thing, because I, I can I know it's Ninjago and not Ninjago. The Lego. I don't even know what Lin- Lego Ninjago is. Here's the thing: it's a, it's like a cartoon starring the Lego, you know, about the Lego characters. Uh-huh. It's like a Lego themed cartoon or CGI thing or whatever, and it's N I N J A G O. It looks like Ninjago, but it's Ninjago. Ninjago. The thing is, 
if I were like one or two years older, I wouldn't know that shit. <laughs> and I'd be saying, you know, it's like that Lego Ninja Go thing, which is totally like some and sort be of like, oh, look at the old shibboleth person. <laughs> where they're like, old person, <laughs> kick him out to sea on an ice floe. He weakens the herd. <laughs> um, so I'll get this text from him saying like, hey, we should do lunch. I'm like, all right. So we get together. And at, at one point, he actually said to me, he's like, did anybody ever tell you, you know, that you would make... You know, you should be a lawyer. And I said, oh, I heard that a lot. And mm-hmm. he's, like, he's like, I'm here to tell you, you should not be a lawyer. <laughs> and I said, really? And he's like, no offense. He's like, you... Did it kind of make you want to be a lawyer then? No, it's because he could no, because I don't want to be a lawyer. And I, people did. I think, it's, I think it's just because I talked a lot when I was a kid, unlike now. And I took <laughs> debate class. And so I think if you took debate and you talked a lot, and if you were just an argumentative dickhead, which I was... Argumentative dickhead equals lawyer. No offense. That's just like pe- that's the deal. Like or a real estate agent, or, or possibly that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, and so people always told me that. But even as a kid, I was like, I don't want to be a lawyer. Like it just never appealed to me. Um, but he actually told me he's just like, you should not be a lawyer. And I and I said why? And he goes because he goes, you are the kind of lawyer that judges hate. He's like, you would be that kind of like judges would just because because all I do is just come. All I do is sit around my house and just think up. Weird, like, fucked up scenarios that have no easy answer that just make everyone uncomfortable. Right? Uh-huh. So, like, because, so I was thinking about this the other day. Um, so Don King, the, the the boxing promoter from oh, way yeah. back when, Don King used to do the most brilliant thing. There are certain things, do you ever, like, see somebody who's villainous and they're yes. a villain, but in a way that you kind of admire? In other words, like, I it's, do. Like, it's, like, Hitler's the wrong kind of villain, you know? I think for almost all That's of us, you go for everybody. I wrong think. kind of villain. Whereas you know, you look at. I'm not equating Don King to Hitler. I'm just saying there's you know there's like you know there's good nefarious and bad nefarious, and it's like good nefarious. Sometimes you can kind of be like, well, that was evil, and you know that was evil and sort of brilliant. Well done. Mm. You know, it's that sort of Joker, you know, villain where you're like, all right, I almost have to admire how conniving and sort of you know whatever that and was. Is Don King like that? I, what so is, Don what did he King? Do? So well. Well, he broke the law constantly, for one thing. Oh. So Don King, I mean, he was he was brilliant, and he was a he was a Bach. He most famously, I mean, you know, uh, I think he managed Tyson towards the end of his career. But he was a he was you know the first, and I think to this day only famous boxing promoter. He so Don King set up the uh, the Rumble in the Jungle, which is the fight. Um, Ali Foreman in uh, in Zaire in 1974. It was like one of oh, okay. the, it was like the biggest box match in the history of the world. Yeah. So Don King did that, and he was very flamboyant and an impresario, and he was you know, he was bigger than life, and he had the hair that the sort big of hair, stuff, the like troll a white hair streak or something yeah. in it. Yeah. And it's you know, and he was flashy, and he was you know, and he was one of those guys that even as he was talking and giving these press conferences. You kind of knew he was full of shit, but it was sort of awesome. Like, even reporters would just, you know, reporters would just sort of smile and just write the notes, just knowing that, like, this guy is just a fucking... Yeah, this guy is just a fucking bullshit scam artist. But he was, like, so brazen about it and and did it with a big smile that you couldn't help but love him because he was just, like, he was obvious. Yeah. You know? It was... But, so he... But he was also famously corrupt. That's the thing. And he was also like a con man and a swindler and whatever. Mm. And so he did a lot of bad things. But again, in this life-loving, like he always did it with this gleam in his eye that was just like, you know, it was just sort of, <laughs> look how shameless I am. <laughs> and it was, and he, and of course he always, he had this weird sort of Jesse Jackson way of, of um, uh, 
this sort of strangely poetic way of speaking in which he would have these rhyming couplets, but he was sort of making up words. So, like, you know... Uh, I think I remember you talking about him. I think you've liked him for quite some time. Yeah, like, so, you know... Uh, so Like, like he would nonsensical nev- stuff? He would never say, I'm promoting a boxing match, and I'm the world's greatest boxing promoter. He'd say, like, you know, um, uh, you know, I excel at uh, promotacalization of the boxicality. <laughs> You know, which is just like, you're like, I have no idea what the fuck you're even talking about, but that sounds fantastic. <laughs> it sounds really cool. And so, but anyway, but he was, but he was also really corrupt and broke a lot of laws. And I think toward the end of his life, I think he was literally doing these boxing matches where he managed both fighters, which is like the definition of a conflict of interest. Oh, yeah. But at one point he went on trial uh, toward the end of his life. And I think it was for money laundering, possibly. I could be getting that wrong. He was, he went on trial for something kind of serious. And he mm. was on trial more than once, by the way. He had like a series of trials. And he did this thing, and again, this is wrong, and yet awesome. He did this thing where he went to trial, the jury acquitted him, and as soon as the jury acquitted him, he said, you know, thank you so much for acquitting me. I love America. I'm taking the whole jury to Mazatlan. (laughs) And he took the whole jury on this all-expenses-paid trip to the Bahamas or some shit for like two (laughs) weeks, right? And he'd been acquitted. So that and the trial was over. They had acquitted him. And he's like, Thank you for acquitting me. I am not taking you to the Bahamas. You know, you know, oh my God. Well, you know, and you know, and so they would and they went to this so then the next time he went on trial, which was like six months later, that jury already knows the deal. Hey, last jury acquitted him, and they went to the Bahamas for two weeks. Jury acquitted him, totally took them to the Bahamas for two oh weeks. Oh my God. Which, okay, I can see it. I Which can is kind see of that awesome. I can, that is kind of awesome. So that's what I mean when I say there's good evil working, and bad villain. That's or, like working the system. Yeah, I mean, because he's not doing anything illegal, but he's totally doing something <laughs> improper. Yeah. But I admire that. I admire people. I have to say, there's just no getting around this. I can respect someone, even if at the same time I'm thinking, you are a repellent human being <laughs> and all that is wrong with society. But I have to say, well done. I mean, I that is a, I was, you know, it's I was, I don't want to be all, Dropping lingo with the, I don't want to be a game recognized game and all that shit. Because first, oh, I have no. no game, and also that <laughs> would not apply in the situation regardless. Because I am not Don, Don King. But that's a thing where it's I can admire that. Like I really respect the ability, you know, your ability to do something totally wrong and antithetical to all American values. Get away with it. Yeah, and to get away with <laughs> yeah. it. Because again, I admire someone who can see cracks in the system and totally exploit them. Yeah. I mean, that's again, it's sort of like. It's a little bit like when, you know, you hear about Apple or somebody routing their shit through Ireland and so they're paying zero taxes. Mm -hmm. Apple should pay taxes. I wish, you know, Congress should fix that law so that companies have to pay taxes. At the same time, if somebody figures out a way to legally pay no taxes, good for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, it's – I mean, that's a thing. Like, I can't – who am I to be like, you should have to pay – it's one thing if they're breaking the law and ducking them illegally – if you can find a legal way to pay no taxes, I, hey, I wish I'm I jealous. could do that. Yeah, yeah right. Say, hook a brother up. That's a you know. So, so that's so. This is why I would be a terrible lawyer because all I do is sit around and come up with these insane situations that would make great. Like I feel like in a separate life, I could just have a job coming up with like plot lines for David E. Kelly shows, right? You know where it's just you come up with these bizarre, like the whole being sued for having a house that's haunted thing. Yeah. Um, because here's the thing I think about. You know what I would do if I was a lawyer? 
Let's say that you're on trial, Sarah. Oh, no. Now, I'm not saying whether you're guilty or innocent. Let's just, okay. uh, we will not, to, but we'll say you're being accused of something. And, you know. Of selling you, someone a haunted house? Perhaps. Let's okay. say that. Let's say, you like, no one knows whether you did it or not. Let's say you're actually, you're just being accused of something. Okay. I am your lawyer. Yes. And let's say that the case looks kind of bad for you. Leaving aside whether you did it, let's say that, you know, on the surface, on the face of it, it looks, you know, the case looks a little damning. Let's say I'm your defense lawyer and I'm speaking to the jury. So this is actually what I – this is a scenario I proposed to my lawyer, actually, I over lunch one time. I was like, what if I did this? So if, if you, I'm representing you at trial and things look kind of bad, if I was addressing the jury in my closing summation, here's what I would say. Oh boy. I would say – <clears throat> it's hard for me not to slip into like Don King voice mm-hmm. while I'm doing this, by the way, because <laughs> it's so just some sort of a Johnny. Co- <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let me. But if I was, but I would address the jury and I would just say, "Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, um, as you will eventually learn, you know there are uh, there are things I'm I'm just not allowed to tell you during this trial. You'll read about them someday, maybe." Maybe they'll be in the paper. Maybe you'll see it online. There's things I can't tell you right now. I know the case against my client looks looks bad. But you just have to know that, you know, someday you'll hear the whole story about this case. Someday you'll read about what you were not allowed to know during this trial. I just want you to think about that, that you've heard some of the story, but there are facts that are being denied you. You are being denied access to certain information. Oh, people don't like that. And the thing, and that's the thing is juries hate feeling like they're not being told. Juries get pissed off whenever they have to leave the room because there's a counsel at the bench or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the thing is, like. Whether, it doesn't have to be anything that they don't know. Even, and, it even be, and it doesn't even have to be anything important. It could just be like what flavor of Tic Tacs you enjoy. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but if I just say to them. Look, there are things that you are not being told during this trial. We're there are not things. Privy to. There, yeah, there, there are things that I'm actually not allowed to tell you during this trial. And then you just give them the long, meaningful look, which you is know. the whole, you know, don't let the man determine the outcome of this case. <laughs> and I asked my lawyer, I was like, so is that legal? Because I would do that in every case. Oh, yeah. Be like the guy who has one move during Mortal Kombat. That would be every – I wouldn't even prep for anything. <laughs> I would just – I would just be – fuck it. I'll just win it in, in the closing argument. And I would say that. I will guarantee I'd win like 90% of my cases because juries, you hear that, be like, fuck that. There's shit we weren't told. Oh, Not yeah. guilty. No, that would totally that, – that mind would mind meld would totally work on me. And so I asked my, my lawyer. I was like, so could I do that? You know, would that work? And he's like, A, that would work. B, you'd be disbarred like a day and a half. <laughs> So. And I was like, was well, it illegal? And he's like, it's not illegal. Judges don't like that shit. He's like, they just don't like, you know, so that's just not going to work for you. Like that's a, and that's all That I is a really good way to go about it, That's though. exactly what I would do. Uh-huh. I mean, that's it. So just, you know, I'm not suggesting that somebody try that if they go to trial, but that you should totally try that because that would work. <laughs> you should. We've talked about nothing on my list. Oh, my gosh. I know. No, no, no. All right. So we, I want, why don't we go down your list? <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> I know. I'm like, and I'm sorry, everybody. Like, we're going to have Rick in again really soon. Really, really, really soon. But um, let's see. We have 12 minutes. Uh, (laughs) I feel like I'm your producer again. I don't even know. Oh, my God. Trying to get Rick to end the show when I was supposed to. I got screamed at by so many old white men. Is that, well. Well, yeah, you know. Welcome to America, Sarah. I know. Um, Can you not tell time? (laughs) (laughs) That guy was such a dick. Affirmative action hire. <laughs> oh, my God. The, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. You were talking about old people. You, was this – I've already forgotten what we talked about before the show and what we talked about after the show. This is why I used to get into trouble about. a lot. <laughs> you were talking about old people using the word woke. 
I think it was on the show. I was thinking yeah. about this the other day, actually. <laughs> Speaking of, this is ironic on several levels because I think I literally woke up at night thinking about this. Um, the, the thing about, because I'm kind of like working on this project right now that you know is just consuming a lot of my time, and as part of that, I try to stay off. I mean, I use the internet, but I use the internet. I do like targeted internet work. In other mm. words, I go online because I need to look up this thing. Or I need to, I go online to do a specific thing. Or no, to this read is a it. this is a project you're working on. Yes, and I just so I just don't. In other words, I try not to do a lot of unfocused. I don't know if we say web surfing anymore, but I try not to do a lot of unfocused web time where I'm just like clicking around because you know it can suck you in. Please say cyber surfing. <laughs> I try not to be on the information cyber highway. Cyber <laughs> highway. Um, so so the point is that I just I'm sometimes out of the loop and I don't like things. News stories will happen. I think I've said this before. Like those kids who were trapped in the underwater cave in Thailand or whatever, wherever that was. Oh, yeah, we talked about Remember that, like, that a couple of years ago, but, right? But like, by the time I heard about it, they were already at home and, like, back in school yeah. or something. Like, I, so I missed the whole thing. So, but things happen so quickly now, like, with, you know, that you can, a story can emerge, develop, and then be an established part of the cultural memory. And if you're out of the country for, mm-hmm. for like, or if you're just in a coma for, like, two or three months, you'll come back and there'll be all kinds of shit. You have no idea what the, the hell anybody's talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. Because it's like the whole thing blew up while you were I mean, just think gone. about how different it is, yeah, today from like three months from now. Yeah, exactly. From now. I mean, like, you know, somebody was like, hey, the, you know, because like, let's say you'd been gone for the last two weeks or you were just, whatever, you were really busy. And somebody's like, hey, what about Iran? You know, and be like, what? what yeah, is what, it? You know, what's but going on? You just sort of forget. So I was thinking about this. The term woke kind of went from zero to 60 really quickly. Like that word didn't exist the way we use it now. Mm-hmm. And then like suddenly it did. So I was thinking about this. If you, like, if you were talking to somebody who, let's say, have been, whatever, they've been traveling the world or in a, in a coma. Yeah, I always yeah. go to in a coma. They've been in a coma for a couple of years, and you, you're trying to catch them up on modern day living. They're like, "What do I? What have I missed? What's the? What's the new lingo? What's what's Snapchat? And it's you know, <laughs> you're trying to get them caught up in everything. If they ask you, "Hey, so I saw this this thing people are saying online. What is what is what what is woke?" If you had to define woke for someone, what would you say? You, I mean, without looking at the internet, how would you define it? You would almost have to define it, it seems to me, by example. It seems like there's no actual – I mean, I guess there, maybe there is. I don't know that I could write an actual definition of it. I could, yeah. I could maybe point to like, that guy's totally not woke. That guy totally is. But if I had to define it using like just words, I'm not even sure what I would say. I think it's is it like educated about the the current state of affairs? Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know that that's true. I mean, I in other I I mean, I'm not. I'm not I don't like, know. We're two old people the, debating what, a thing that we don't even know how to define. See, that's that's the thing. It's like I mean, I there's I mean, I'm trying to think if this is what happens. This is what happens when you're out of the loop. Also, is I I like it's hard to immediately pull cultural references because I was trying to pull a well. I was, you know, like I'm going to say Donald Rumsfeld or somebody, but it's, you know, <laughs> that guy's educated about current affairs. It's, there is you know. the one, Rick, have you heard this one? This always makes me feel super old about people talking about, I think Greg and I talked about this once, but spilling the tea. What is spilling Have you the ever tea? heard that? No. Is this? That is the I thing. always assume it's about drugs or fucking. No, this is about gossip. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Somebody, I only know this because uh-huh. somebody else said, have you heard this thing that people are saying, spilling the tea? I don't, it makes me feel so old because people will be like, oh, what's the tea? I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, no, I had to, no. No, because I was watching my friend force me to watch a reality TV show the other day and there was uh, like, oh, what's the tea on her? I'm like, oh, oh God. God, as a society, we're doomed. And did you, here's just, as a, just a side note on that, um, 
I forget who was saying there was somebody who was talking about some conversation about you know that you can tell you're old. Like the, here's one of the ways you can tell when you are entering when you're officially out of touch with youth culture, and it's like <laughs> at there comes an age when you can be trolled by people making shit up and passing it off as real. <gasps> totally. When somebody you know again like. I know that Billie Eilish is like a you know like a musician and a performer, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you just said like, "Hey, have you heard Wickety Whack?" You know, or whatever, <laughs> just some you know. Well, because all of them have like ridiculous names. Oh my God, we're old. But like Lil Squeegee or something. <laughs> I'm like, what? The fuck? <laughs> that a re- See, that's the perfect example. And it example. could be real. I have no idea. I don't either. First of all, that is perfect that you came up with that. That's <laughs> okay. way better than Wickety Whack. Lil Squee, Lil Squeegee. <laughs> if somebody said, "Hey, have you?" Lil Squeegee dropped his new, you know, his new mixtape or whatever. And then if they said, or am I bluffing? I would have no fucking no idea, idea if they're bluffing. Plus, like, all of them have weird names. And then, like, like they randomly die. And they'll be like, right. oh, rest in peace. You know, like, like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Squeege. I'm like, is that a real person? I don't even understand. And it's like, the hip hop community is mourning. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, they don't even sound like, I mean, they're people. I don't know. I don't know. Hashtag squeege so life. <laughs> Hashtag we love the squeege. <laughs> Little squeege. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't oh think my god. One. <laughs> oh fuck. Well, like, or just it's you know, when I have to start. I mean, we should you should just have a spinoff show called you know how you know you're fucking old oh my god I think that's today like I think a few years ago I reached the point where I had to start looking up I had to start googling genres of music oh my god I have to google things that people start talking like the I can't remember I had to google some phrase that like even people like my age were saying but I think they might be too old to be saying it uh huh but I didn't know I can't remember what it was I mean it was like somebody was you know talking I I remember what it was I can't believe I oh Cause I saw someone write the fucking word. Um, I don't think I've ever found the definition of it either. But yeet. I don't even. Do you know I what that is? Yeet. It's a thing. Is that wait? Now see, but here's people will say it, and I don't know what it is. You know, they, like we used to play this. Uh, I mean, people have played the game as sort of like you know, like is it, you know, like a, a, a you know, dead or Canadian or whatever. But there should be some like, is it? Some variant on that where it's like, is this a musical genre or is this a rapper's nickname or is it because I it's because I like at some point I started to lose track of artist nicknames because somebody would be like, like the first time I was, you know, they were like somebody was talking about, you know, Yeezy or whatever. Yeah, like, Lil Wayne with like Lil Wheezy and like see, all that. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, like is that wait the same a, person? I was like, or is that, is that Kanye? Is Kanye Yeezy or is he Yeezus? And are Yeezy and Yeezus? The, this I is don't A, know. the whitest, and B, oh, the oldest thing awful. I've ever said. I know. I honestly, even at this moment, have no idea if Yeezus and Yeezy are the same person. If uh, Could they tour together? I don't, I have no, I, I have zero, I couldn't even begin to guess. I could do no I thought Kanye was left hip hop, and now he was like. With Jesus? Yeah, and last time I saw him painted silver and he loves Jesus. Painted silver? Yeah. He looks- See, here's the thing about Kanye mm. West. I remember like when South Park was first on the air and like somebody oh, yeah. somebody would say like oh my god so on South Park the most fucked up thing happened last night and you couldn't tell like there was almost nothing they could follow that that phrase with that would surprise that, that would be too far out like yeah. if they said oh my god on South Park last night Cartman and like nothing you could say would be off limits would, yeah. be, would be surprising mm-hmm. and so it's like with Kanye West they're like so, apparently Kanye West, and like you could finish that sentence with anything, 
it doesn't matter. And it's just mm-hmm. you know, had himself frozen in a block of ice and shot into the sun. Like it doesn't it, like you, nothing would surprise like, you. I believe that there is <laughs> nothing that guy could do. I remember when it was we like we thought that he'd all gone just completely bonkers because he was tweeting about his furniture a lot and like I'm buying a goblet with cherubs on it. It's a process. <laughs> You know, and like I was like, well, that's he's gone around the bend. It's, there's no bringing Kanye back, and it's like uh, the oh I no, mean, and it keeps on going. Jesus God, We're he, so old. he see he's Kanye. It's he's not a villain as such. Kanye is one of those guys, though. I was talking about sort of Don King being villainous in a way that's kind of awesome. Yeah, like Kanye is one of those guys that is kind of. I mean, I you, I don't want to say he's crazy, but I mean he is he is I mean. He obviously has, and it has like a weird, grandiose sense of life and of himself and whatever, but in a way that I find, like, it's impossible. I don't think I could ever dislike him. Really? I mean, in, in, that's not the right way to put it, but it's like, in other words, he's done all kinds of things that you would think would make people be like, fuck that, I'm done with that guy. Mm. And yet, like, as a culture, we just can't turn away. It's never enough. He (laughs) was just, somehow, he just remains, he's like impervious. He just sort of remains interesting and remains. You know, like people are still watching him and listening to him and like interested in what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And ever and everybody also still seems to even if he's done something that seems really repellent and off putting, people you know, everybody sort of still seems to have this weird there's like this weird permanent level of respect below which he seems to not be able to drop. It's true. It's true. Because even like when he is he being super the... crazy, everyone loves his music. Like, oh, but I mean, he's a musical genius. Right. He's well, that's the all... thing. Yeah. It's like, I mean, because he was like, I don't know if he's still on the Trump train because he was doing I, that he, thing for I a think, while. I, I think Which he is. obviously a lot of people are like, what the fuck is up with that? But yet, but you can think of it. But there's a lot of people who have done a lot less and the entire culture like cuts them loose, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like done. And yet, you know, and it's. Whatever the people can be into or not into, whatever they're into or not into, but it's weird yeah. that some people are impervious to that. It's like, it's like the idea of I have this whole theory about why of all the hair bands from the eighties, you know, the, the Poison and Winger and Trickster and whatever, mm-hmm. that Bon Jovi can still play stadiums, and I have this even now they can play arenas. And oh, I yeah. have this theory about why that is, and it's it has Please to tell do me. with this intangible. This intang- this is why I should have been an A&R man or something in another life because this is, it's intangible, but as soon as I say this, it makes perfect sense, which is that the reason Bon Jovi still plays stadiums is because it is impossible to picture Bon Jovi playing – John Bon Jovi playing a club, like out of necessity. You can't – your brain no. cannot accept it. I can picture the guys in Trickster or Winger or whatever, Slaughter, playing yeah. a club. You cannot picture John Bon Jovi not being famous and being a huge fucking star. It's and yet that's accurate. And so that's why he does. I mean, he hasn't. I mean, I don't even know the last sort of quote hit they had or whatever. It doesn't matter. He's just mm-hmm. one of those guys that is just a star. He's like that. He, he's like that. Uh, uh, this is not the best example in the world. But, you know, he's he's sort of like because there's a lot of artists like that where they put out a record and then like nine years later they've done fuck all and mm-hmm. they're still sort of celebrities and touring on that same record yeah, yeah. and touring and just and but everybody in the world kind of still knows everybody in the fucking world still knows who mark mcgrath is i mean like you know it's oh, just yeah. it's just he's one of those guys that is just built to be famous and he'll be famous for the rest of his life for the rest of his life mark mcgrath can probably get a show hosting something doing something oh yeah and there are people who have way more hits than he did, way more, you know, exposure than Sugar Ray, who instantly vanish. Because some people are just – the culture just, you know, puts them in this pantheon mm-hmm. of they are famous, they will be famous, and we're not going to turn our backs on them no matter what happens. And so I have no that's end very of this true bit. About the, no, but that's really true about the Mark McGrath thing. And it's 120. 
Good night, folks. So I have to go show houses. Rick, do you want to read a couple things off of your list that we didn't get to? Well, then okay. we're just going to have to have you in. Here, I'm going to, since I didn't get to play the intro. Okay, I got two things, and they're the same thing. Um, <laughs> Tell me, please. All right, so coming up in this exciting election year, I wish, first of all, I wish I could just be put into a medical coma and woke up in December. So, I, you know, wake me up and tell me whoever won or lost, whatever. I just don't want to have to live through this year. I could not um, agree more. Uh, but somebody should take this slogan uh, to encourage young people uh, to get out to the polls. Vote to maze. See, because it's like totes a maze. Vote to maze. Uh, Vote to maze. And it, hello? And then, uh, and then if you don't want to do that, somebody should just open a handbag store called Amazing Totes. Oh. And I'm out. I love you. <laughs> Rick Emerson, he has been busy working on secret projects. And when he is done with said secret projects, we are going to have him on to talk about the secret projects. I'll do the promotionalization yes. of the projecticality. <laughs> so hopefully we can get him in to promote. But um, thank you so much, so, so much for Happy coming to in. Be here. I know, I wish we could go for hours. Like, <laughs> I want to hear all of your thoughts. So uh, you're going to have to come back soon when, <sighs> when Greg is back in I town. will do, yes. Okay. And then we can maybe get I to... I got all these sports questions for some reason. He, I think he knows sports stuff. Yeah. No. I mean, kind no. of. Like, what kinds of sports? I got this thing about the Celtics that's bothering me. Okay. Well, we're going to have to have you in. You never thought I'd it. say that. Well, last time... Yes, yeah, so we should probably have you in a couple weeks and we can answer all your sports all questions. Right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with me. Uh, tomorrow on the show, I'm going to be joined by Aaron Duran and by uh, Jason Lamb, who's going to be celebrating his five-year anniversary with Minority Retort. So... Uh, now I'm going to go and show houses. <laughs> Do I look like a grown-up? Yes. Now you've got me fooled. Not really. really. I know. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Rick. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow with more Fun Employment Radio. <gasps> Only two minutes over.